This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 9 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Tonight is from Matthew 16, 13 through 18. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say the son of the man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So tonight, the spotlight is on Peter, as we're looking at the different people that were at the table with Christ during the Last Supper. And when we meet Peter in the Bible, his real name's Simon, he's fishing with his buddies, and Christ comes to them, and he performs a miracle, and they catch so many fish that their nets are about to burst. And when Peter sees this, he falls down at the feet of Christ and says, I am a sinner, depart from me. And Christ tells him, do not be afraid and follow me. So Peter, his brother Andrew, James and John, they all leave their nets and follow Jesus. And Peter pours himself into being a follower of Jesus. He's going to be the best. He's like that kid at the front of the class with his hand up, ready to please the teacher. And we know this because in the Gospels, we have more written about Peter than any of the other disciples because Peter, he's spontaneous. He's always the first to act. He's always the first to speak. And whenever there's a question, he's almost always the first one to give an answer. And with Peter, he mostly gets it wrong, and he fails a lot, and he gets corrected and rebuked by Christ throughout the Gospels. And it ultimately ends up with Peter's big failure when he's going to deny that he even knows who Christ is. And I want to look at Peter's failure and ask this question, where do we go when we fail? How do we move on from our failure? But we're going to start tonight with this, with their, where we were in our scripture reading, a time when Peter speaks up and gets it right. You know, Christ asks the disciples, who do people say that I am? And this is an important question that's just as relevant today as it was back then. As we look at the life and ministry of Jesus, everyone had an opinion. They said, he's Elijah, he's John the Baptist, or one of the prophets. And then Christ turns to the disciples and says, well, who do you say that I am? And there's Peter. I picture him up front with his hand up. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I think there's a little bit of surprise in Jesus' response to Peter because he's not used to him getting it right. And he says, blessed are you, son of Jonah. <laughs> no, no person told you this, but my father in heaven, you've grasped of God's truth. And from that time on, that's where Christ gives Peter his, or Simon, his new name, Peter, which means a rock. And he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. 
And so Peter went from an unworthy sinner to he has this new identity as a rock, firm, steadfast, strong. And he's going to be Christ's right-hand man as Christ ushers in his kingdom and establishes his kingdom. He's going to be Christ's go-to man. But it's at this point that Christ begins to reveal to the disciples the true mystery of his coming, that he's not coming to establish his kingdom, but he's actually coming to die. And he begins to tell the disciples that he's going to be going up to Jerusalem. He's going to suffer many things by, by the hands of the scribes and Pharisees, and he's going to be put to death. And then in three days, he's going to rise again. And Peter thinks this is a bad idea, pulls Christ aside and tells him, we can never let that happen. And he, of course, he gets rebuked by Christ. Um, probably one of the firmest rebukes in the, in the Bible. Um, but then they do end up going up to Jerusalem, as Christ said. And on the night that he's going to be betrayed, he tells the disciples that you are all going to scatter. And Peter, the rock, says, even if all the others fall away, I will not desert you. And Christ tells Peter, before the rooster crows, this very night, you will deny me three times. And Peter's response is, I'd rather die than deny you. So things progress. Christ is arrested, and he's put on trial. And the crowds gather in the courtyard as they're watching um, Christ being questioned, as he's being ridiculed, and he's being spit on, he's being hit, he's being mocked, and berated as the king of the Jews, the crowds are watching this, and a servant girl recognizes Peter and says, weren't you one of his followers? And Peter says, no, you got the wrong person. And then a little bit later, they said, surely you were one of the people I saw walking with Christ. And he says, no, you got the wrong man. And then the third time, it says, with cursing, he swears that he does not know who that man is. And Luke records for us that at that moment that he denies him the third time, Christ actually turns and looks straight at Peter. The rooster crows, and Peter remembers what Christ had said to him. Now, Peter had been walking with Christ for three years. He heard his teachings. He saw his miracles. He saw Christ calm the storm. He saw Christ walk on water. He was one of the three Disciples that saw Christ transformed in his pure glory in the transfiguration. His identity as this rock, it crumbles, it shatters, and he falls like a house of cards. And in that moment, he's questioning who he thought he was. And it says he then went out and he wept bitterly. Have you had a Peter moment in your life? I know for myself, it was when my first marriage failed. I, was, I married my high school girlfriend when I met when I was 17. She was 16. We got married young. We started a family, joined a church, and we were very involved in ministries. We had a home Bible study. I was very involved in the children's ministry, and I was walking with God, growing with God, and thought everything was going right. Until 13 years into our marriage, one day, news to me, I'm sure she had been thinking about it for a while, but she just decided that she did not want to be married anymore and just left. 
And it felt like the floor had just like fallen out from underneath me. I had nothing to grasp on. I was, began to question who I thought I was as what I was doing. I had no vision for where I was gonna go in the future and it was painful. And I wept bitterly just like Peter did. An amazing thing for me when I look at the story of Peter is we see three days later, he decides to go fishing and the rest of the disciples go with him. And we don't know what's going on in Peter's head because it doesn't tell us, but I imagine it was probably a distraction or something he's familiar with or you know, he's tried this following, being a follower of Jesus and he's failed miserably. He's gonna go back to what he's familiar with and what he's done before. And so they go fishing and they're out on the boat and Christ does rise three days later and he comes to Galilee and while they're out there fishing, he comes to the shore. And at first the, the disciples don't recognize him, but when they do, I would think Peter would have some guilt and some shame and probably would shuffle to the back of the group, maybe try to hide under the deck. I don't know if he'd want to be face to face with Jesus who he had denied knowing three days earlier. But what we see Peter does is he jumps out of the boat and swims straight to Jesus. He doesn't wait for the boat to row to shore. And then we have this wonderful reunion with the risen Lord, with the disciples. And we have this exchange between Christ and Peter, where three times Christ asks Peter, Peter, do you, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He asks him this three times, and each time Christ tells him, shepherd my, feet, my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my flock. This is the gospel, that all that Peter was trying to do to make himself right with God, he couldn't do. In the end, he failed, and he was a sinner, and we're all our sinners, and that is the reason why Christ had to come and pay that price once for all, for all humankind, so that we could accept it as a gift. In Ephesians 2, Paul puts it, I think, the best when he says, it's by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not the result of works that anyone should boast. And with the story of Peter, we see the flip side of this, that there's nothing we can do, no failure that's, that God cannot overcome. We will fail, we will fall, and God is there to pick us up, sometimes to scrape us off the ground, stand us up, dust us off, and put us right where we need to be. And for myself, when I was in that, my failure where I felt I failed, and there's a lot of things I realized that I neglected in my first marriage that I just wasn't aware of, and I felt like a failure, and I felt like God was far from me. I turned to something that I was comfortable with, familiar with, which was music. I often listened to Christian music by myself just for inspiration, um, devotion. And I was listening to some music and I heard this song that I might have heard before, but I never really listened to it until I was in that moment. It's called My Eyes Are Dry. And it's a really simple song. It's only one verse. And it goes like this. My eyes are dry. 
my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. What can be done with an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Wash me anew in the wine of your blood. This is God telling me that his grace is sufficient. And I was able to draw back to God and, you know, eventually move on. God blessed me with a new wife, blessed me with a daughter, which I never thought I was going to have, and I continued. And I want to leave you with one thing. If you ever feel God is far from you, be Peter. Don't wait for that boat to get to shore. Jump out of that boat, make a beeline, and just come back to God. And this is what Peter wrote in his first epistle to the church. At the end of his first epistle, he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God who will lift you up at the proper time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That, that's who God is. He wants us just to come to him. Amen.